At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. A Friday show for you. Matt Eumann's VEASAN host, Handicapper, will join us. Uh, he just released his annual Top 50 Fast Food Ranking, so we'll have fun with that. But uh, he is a big Yankee fan, really knows his football, so we'll spend a lot of time on the Yankees, the Jets, the Giants. And then we'll have some fun towards the end with his fast food rankings. But uh, the reason, if you're not familiar with humans, the reason he's the best, like I said, he's a big Yankee fan. He hates everyone. He, he's very critical. He can't stand Boone. He can't stand Cashman. He can't stand Cole. He's very uh, blunt. He's very critical. And that's what you like. Look, that's New York. He's got strong opinions. So it'll be fun to talk to him. I'm, I'm sure he's got some strong opinions on Cole's performance the other day. So looking forward to talking to humans. Yankees tonight in action to take on the Cardinals. Cortez against Dakota Hudson. Yankees minus 150, total 8.5. I do like the over there. I think the Yankees will hit Hudson. I think Cortez will probably give up some runs. Yankee bullpen, we still got to see. So over 8.5 is a play there. And the other game is the Mets and the Braves. It is Taiwan Walker going for the Mets against Ian Anderson. Mets minus 135, total is also 8.5. And the Mets is where we start here as they land a first-round haymaker, winning the game 6-4. to four. Edwin Diaz, like we talked about yesterday, would buck in a big spot. And I really meant more in a playoff game. Would buck in a big spot, sort of go a la Mariano Rivera here for a six-out save and just bring him in to start the eighth. Don't wait for a guy to get on. Uh, it's exactly what he did. Diaz comes in, gets six outs, dominant. The new guys pay off. Vogelback, Tyler Naquin combined for three homers. So 
all the people like me saying, hey, they should have done more. They didn't do enough. Uh, they, they silenced me for a night. They silenced us for a night because sort of like 2015, and this team does have a little bit of a 2015 vibe where they trade for Kelly Johnson in Uribe. And it's more of, you know what, we're going to play the matchups. We're going to platoon these guys. Well, that paid off at least for a night in a big way last night as Alonzo homers, Naquin hits a couple, Vogelback hits one. Uh, and Vogelback is going to become a fan favorite. I said it when the day they traded him. If he hits, he's going to be a fan favorite because, look, he's just relatable. He's big. He's just, he, he's kind of, people like him. It's like, he, he's a likable guy just, uh, you know, based on his style of play, that kind of thing. So, uh, huge win for the Mets. They are now minus 305 to win the division and they have a chance to land a knockout punch. They really do because uh, they, not that I thought they were going to get swept, but they avoid any possibility of losing five here. They avoid disaster. They're not going to lose the next four. They're not. They're too good. These teams are too evenly matched. So they're not going to lose the next four. They're at least going to win one of these and come out of here minimum two out of the five and lose a game, which you can live with. But that, now that's not the goal. Now that you got the first one, the goal is win tonight. And hell, maybe win two out of three this weekend because the pitching matchups are not that bad for you if you're the Mets. It's actually pretty favorable uh, if you're the Mets. Walker against Anderson tonight. Anderson's a good pitcher. He had a good career. Remember, he came up in that 2020 season. He went undefeated all the way up until the NLCS. He was you know, borderline dominant. He's been a really good pitcher. He was good in the World Series last year for Atlanta. He has not been good this year. Now, he was good his last start out against Arizona, probably his best start of the season. He had six innings, one hit, one walk, nine Ks. But the start before that, he gave up seven runs. He's just been really bad in general. There was some thought when the Braves traded for Odorizzi, who will pitch Saturday, that Anderson would get booted from the rotation. Braves came out and said, you know what, we're not going to do that. We're going to keep him in the rotation, at least for now. So, uh, decent matchup tonight. Walker's been really good, really solid after... A good first half last year. He was bad the second half. He's been really good that for this first half of the season and beyond. Sub-3 ERA. So I like the Mets tonight. Boy, if you can get this one, you just feel like you're going to win the division. I know still a lot of games left. Four this weekend. Four here in another week and a half. Three down the road. But with the Mets playing this well, DeGrom back, the pitching, the schedule towards the end of the year, which is very soft. Uh, the Mets are in outstanding shape here to deliver a knockout punch and Boy, if you can win tonight, look at the pitching matchups this weekend. The doubleheader tomorrow, which is just going to be so much fun. It's just such a great weekend of baseball. It is Freed against Scherzer, rematch of that Monday game. Remember, they played that two uh, that three-game series right before the All-Star break. So, uh, and that was, it might be the biggest game of the Mets season was that game because Atlanta was creeping in, and Atlanta's creeped in a couple times here this year so far, and the Mets have really answered every time, but Atlanta was creeping in, had a chance to sweep and go into first place, and Scherzer threw an absolute gem against Freed that Monday, a week and a half, two weeks ago, and that will be a rematch tomorrow, and then in the other game tomorrow, Odorizzi, who they just acquired from the Astros, against Peterson, and then Sunday, I mean, how good is this going to be? Spencer Strider, who throws the ball 100 miles an hour, just incredible, against DeGrom, I mean, that might be the lowest total we see all year in terms of the, the over-under. That might be a five and a half. I mean, it really might be. I know DeGrom's not stretched out yet, and you're probably going to get five innings, six at most. He'll throw a few more pitches, you would think, than he did his last outing. But, man, that first half total, that's going to be the first team to score two runs or first team to score three runs is going to win that game. You're not that nobody's. I don't think anybody's going to break more than uh, a couple of runs. That will be just an incredible pitching matchup. So Mets do not have – Mets. this isn't a bad pitching matchup at any one of the five games, including last night. So Mets are going to be about favored – 
even money at worst for any of these games. So the Mets are in great shape here to at least split the next four and come out of here with a five-game lead in the loss column. I think that's minimum now. I think the Mets will at least get the two out of the four. And I, I'm somewhere between they're going to win two out of four and three out of four. I don't think they'll lose three out of four. They're not going to lose four out of four. Uh, I'm, I'm confident of that. And I don't think they're going to win four out of four either. Somewhere between they win two and they win three. And either one of those is an incredibly good result here for the Mets. As he's starting to look, we got some season left. We got basically two months. But, man, when you look at all the games the Mets have against the Pirates and the Rockies and the Marlins who haven't played well here, uh, and the Nationals and the A's, if you get this thing to five, which, which it is now, if you keep it at five, six in the loss column, I know you got the games head-to-head, -head, but you put the Braves in a position where they basically have to win every single one of them in the Mets if you just split here. Look, 11 games left against the Braves. If you go 6-5, 5-6, and five, five and six, the Braves can't catch you. The Braves can't catch you. The, the Mets pitching is too good. So uh, just an, an incredible job by Diaz. Incredible job. We've been talking about the Cy Young buzz for him. John Heyman had a tweet that, hey, he should be on everyone's MVP ballots. I don't think that's insane. That was, uh, that was impressive stuff last night. I mean, he came in with a, a, a decent-sized lead. He had a multiple-run lead, so it's not like he was clinging to a one-run lead, but he has just been lights out. And, boy, he got the gift of all gifts. Tying run at the plate, 3-0 count, and he gets a little check swing from Arcia and a comebacker, and Arcia doesn't even run it out. Diaz just picks up the ball, steps on the bag, and the game's over. Oh, boy, that's a terrible job by Arcia. You can't – look, he probably wasn't – you're not going to take Edwin Diaz deep probably anyway, but you got to get a better swing than that. You can't have – especially on 3-0 – it's 3-0. You can't just have a little check swing, weak comebacker, and, and get yourself out there. That's a terrible job. Uh, kind of a gift for the Mets. Look, Mets are probably going to win the game anyway. Uh, and Diaz has been incredible. But, boy, if you're Atlanta, if you're Arcia, that just can't happen. So, Mets win the game. Mets are in absolutely fantastic shape. Minus 305 to win the division. This is the longest odds we've, we've seen here in a while. As, you know, the prices have gone back and forth. Mets were up 10.5 on June 1st. We're up to minus 450 after being big underdogs. Not big underdogs, but 2-1, two 2.5-1 to, one, two and a half to one to start the season with the DeGrom news of him missing a bunch of time. And slowly the odds crept up as they started to play well, kept playing well. And now we're in a situation here where the Mets have started to reestablish a lead. And uh, just in great shape here. In great shape. As we look at the futures here, Bet Rivers. Dodgers now the short shot to win the whole thing. And they played really well this week. Uh, plus 325. Yankees plus 350, Astros plus 425, Mets are 7-1, that's actually getting to a place, I know 7-1, that's, boy, that, that's actually kind of bettable, if you think they're going to win the division, and you think, you know what, two seed, they're going to play the NL Central winner probably, while the Dodgers, Braves, Padres all beat each other up, you got a good chance to at least get to a World Series, and if you got them 7, or at least get to an NLCS, and then if you got them 7-1, you got a pretty good bet there, so I do like the Mets 7-1. Would like a little more, but that's actually a decent price. The Braves being 7-1. to The Braves and the Mets having the same price makes no sense to me. The Mets should have a better price. Mets have a five-game lead in the loss column. That, to me, seems like an off price. Uh, Padres, 11-1. Blue Jays, 14-1. Brewers are 20-1. And the Cardinals, 30-1. Rays, 33-1. Mariners, 35-1. White Sox, 35-1. Phillies, 35-1. Uh, Twins, 40-1. And I could probably stop reading the teams because none of those teams are going to win the World Series, you wouldn't think. Uh, and like I mentioned, Mets minus 305 to win the division. Braves are plus 230. Phillies are 75 to 1 if you're feeling frisky. And boy, Astros 2 to 1 to win the American League. That's actually not terrible. Because if you figure, you know what, Yankees, Astros, it's going to be a showdown. It's going to come down to them. It's a coin flip between those two teams. A lot of people would actually pick the Astros. 
Astros at two to one. I know you have to go through two rounds of playoffs, but Astros two to one might not get a better price than that. Again, are you better off just going round by round, betting them in the first round where they'll be favored and then betting them against the Yankees? Maybe. It's probably close, but Astros two to one seems here's the thing. Astros and Yankees, just like I said, Mets and Braves shouldn't have the same World Series price. Yankees and Astros shouldn't have this shouldn't have that much of a difference in price because the Yankees to win the American League are plus one forty. Astros are two to one. I feel like those teams should have the same number. I feel like they should have the same number. So huge win for the Mets. Huge performance by the new guys. Vogelback, Naquin, uh, Alonzo hits a homer. Diaz closes it out. I'm just uh, a chance here for the Mets to look. You lose tonight. The Braves are right back in it. And you know what? You start to get nervous. But the Mets, that makes you feel good. The, the first one was so important. And it puts you in a position where if you can win tonight, you really feel like you're in position to shut the door here on this division. So excited for this game tonight. Uh, like I said, Yankees, Cortez, and Hudson. Yanks got to start playing better here. I mean, the Yanks have been really kind of a mediocre team for a large stretch here this season, the last, I would say, month. Ever since that Red Sox series in Fenway, remember they buried them those first two games, and then they had the two bad losses uh, after that, and they've just kind of been trading punches. They've win a couple, lose a couple. They've been really a mediocre team for like a month plus here. So they've lost three out of four. They didn't play well against Seattle. They lost that bad game against Kansas City. They could have lost a couple to Kansas City. So... Time for the Yankees here to bounce back, start playing well, win two out of three against the Cardinals, and give you a reason to feel good about it. Because right now you don't really feel good about the Yankees if you're a Yankee fan. So, look, it's 162. You have these stretches in the season. The, the Astros just got swept by the A's. The Dodgers have had their moments where they slump. Everyone slumps, but starting to feel like, you know what, Yankees, this is not the team it was April, May, June, where uh, I would say late, late June, July on, this team has just been kind of in a funk, just sort of, you know what it is? The, the flaws have been exposed, whether it's shortstop or it's Donaldson. The pitching hasn't been as good. So time for the Yankees to get back on track, play a little better. They will actually see Montgomery on Saturday, which will be interesting, kind of weird. And then Montas pitches Sunday. But uh, it's all about the Mets. I mean, big game tonight, two huge games tomorrow, and then Saturday and, uh, and then Sunday, I should say, DeGrom against Strider, which is just going to be, uh, boy, that's going to be so much fun. Just so much fun. So. I like the Mets tonight. I like the over eight and a half Yankees Cardinals picks have been pretty good. So uh, hopefully you're tailing along. Bet Rivers has this special I thought was interesting. Acuna and Alonzo to each record an RBI plus 480. That's not terrible because the pitchers on the mound, I know Walker's been good, but you know you can hit him if you're Atlanta. And obviously Anderson's given up a bunch of runs this year. So uh, those are you know the two prime run producers on each team. Alonzo. And Acuna plus 480 to each recording RBI. Again, go to betrivers.com, download the Bet Rivers app to check out all of their specials. But coming up next, Matt Eubens on the Yankees, the Jets, and the Giants, sleeper NFL teams, and of course, his fast food rankings. That is next. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Bet River Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21 or older, available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. We are back, New York City cast, Bet Rivers Sportsbook, and the man of the hour, Vison handicapper, host, author of one of the most popular columns that's sweeping the nation on the top 50 fast food restaurants in the country. Matty Humans, Matt, what's up, man? Thanks for coming on. Will Hill, great to be back on with you, man. There's a lot to talk about today. 
I of guess course. Uh, we... fast food being the most important topic, right? Yeah, we'll get to the important stuff in a little bit. <laughs> Just quickly on some sports stuff. Uh, what did you think of the, what the Yankees did at the deadline? I liked it in general. Uh, Andrew Benintendi, Benintendi pickup was uh, a good move, obviously, to get things started off. They had to get help for the bullpen and uh, did that. I was a little bit curious about the Jordan Montgomery deal uh, to the Cardinals. Brings back Harrison Bader. Uh, I was not crazy about that, but I, I think you probably have to give the Yankees a B-plus at the deadline. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I like the bullpen guys. I think Matt Blake's done a good job with those type of guys. So I think, that, look, they don't have that dominant seventh, eighth inning guy. I like this guy, Efros. He's got a funky motion. He's got a little Jeff Nelson in him where he's got that big frisbee sure. slider. So, uh, again, you know, 4-3 of an eighth inning game. Is there somebody you trust you know, to put in there as a, as a setup guy? I don't yet, but... I thought they, like you said, they addressed a bunch of needs. They got Montas, they got Benatendi, who is going to have to start hitting at some point. He's doing his best Joey Gallup impression, which hasn't gone well so far. But uh, I'm with you. I didn't. I did not understand the Montgomery deal, especially. I saw that he was traded, and we didn't see what they got back for him. I was like, wow, that's surprising. They traded him. I'm sure they got something really good back. And then Harrison Bader, who's a good defensive center fielder, but he's hurt. I thought that was a strange one. Yeah, a little strange. I like Frankie Montas. I think uh, he's a guy who can obviously help you as a uh, starting pitcher. And I was, you know, it's the Joey Gallo thing's really interesting because if you think about a year ago at the deadline, Gallo was a wanted guy. Yeah. And uh, there was Yankees had to give up more to get him. And there were a lot of teams that would have liked to have Joey Gallo a year ago. And I think the Dodgers kind of felt like, hey, we're buying this low. We're buying on the cheap uh, because the Yankees – I think you and I have talked about this a little bit, probably on the same page. It just was not going to work out for Joey Gallo in New York. He, he needed a change of scenery. He's got to go somewhere else, try to hit reset, and maybe get himself fixed a little bit. But uh, Gallo, uh, probably a decent pickup for the Dodgers. They've got another outfielder who's striking out a lot, not hitting, and Cody Bellinger. Uh, so... Uh, I think the Dodgers just felt like they were buying cheap on Joey Gallo, and the Yankees had to get rid of him. So, uh, from that res in that respect, I actually kind of liked it that the Yankees dumped off Gallo, um, even though I liked it when they picked him up a year ago. It wasn't working out in New York uh, like anyone thought it might. His left-handed power, uh, it was there occasionally, but he struck out way too often. And uh, you know, sometimes you just need to change the scenery to get things fixed. And the Yankees needed to move on from him because there was so much negativity there. I think uh, what the Yankees really needed to do was improve that pitching staff, get a starter, get a couple relievers, and they've done that. So, uh, yeah, like I said, not not quite an A, but I give the Yankees a B plus. I didn't like the Jordan Montgomery thing so much, but I thought in general the Yankees did what they had to do. Do you trust Severino to come back, be healthy, no. stay healthy, or would you put him in the bullpen? I don't trust him to come back and, and stay healthy, and I think he could be a decent option for you in the bullpen, but uh, I guess my answer to that would be no. I don't trust him, but at yeah. least he's an arm and he's an option, and uh, it's a possibility. Yeah, might be more effective in the bullpen, especially with the timeline. They put him on the 60-day uh, IL, which I guess it came as a surprise to him. He's like, what are you talking about? Why are you putting me on there? I'm healthy. I'm ready to go. But by the time he comes back, it's me mid-September. I don't know if they can build him back up. Maybe you're better off just using him as that seventh, eighth inning sort of, you know, if you remember when Mariano came up, when it's the setup man, they would throw him for two innings. Maybe you can do that with Severino. Again, if you have arm issues, it's tough, it's tough sometimes in the bullpen because you have to pitch back-to-back -back days. But uh, I think the bullpen might be the way to go for him. Yeah, especially if you're just going to – you can't use him every day. But if uh, yeah. you use him carefully, 
Here, here's another thing I don't trust. I don't trust Aaron Boone to make the right decisions with the pitching staff uh, very often. That, that concerns me a little bit. But uh, as we head into uh, the last couple months with October right, right around the corner, it's, just, it's going to be about the Yankees coming up, I think, more with a, big time, a couple of big-time starts and timely hitting when we get to October to see if they can beat teams like the Astros and finally get back to a World Series. The last time Yankees were in the World Series, Will, I think you were in elementary schools a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, when I was in elementary school, they were winning every year, and that's just, man, it, it's been a long time to, to not even get back there with their budget, with their resources, in a, in a sport where there's no salary cap, it's um, you know it's hard to do. It's almost inexcusable. So uh, I'm with you. Are you surprised? I've been screaming about this all season. I'm just done with Kiner Falefa. He doesn't walk. He doesn't hit any homers. He's he's overrated at, sh at shortstop defensively. He makes a lot of errors. A lot of times, you know, they give him a hit where it could be an error. He's very jittery at shortstop. I would call up this kid Peraza, who's knocking the ball out of the ballpark seemingly every day at AAA. They wouldn't give up, him up in a trade. Uh, are you surprised they haven't done anything at shortstop here? I was surprised when they let Didi go. I, I really thought Didi was the guy they, they should have held on to. So I was disappointed by that. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I actually think it's time to turn the page, bring the kid up now, give him two months to get adjusted. So by the time uh, the playoffs are here, uh, he's ready to uh, step into pressure situations and produce. I, I'm I'm ready to move on from kind of – I think the, the Yankees have better options, and I wasn't that excited about that part of the team. You know, when you go back to the, the preseason, you look at this Yankees team, you had questions about the pitching staff. I had questions at shortstop. Uh, there were a lot of things that um, I was not crazy about, and they started off 5-5 five and five through the first 10 games, and Garrett Cole was getting rocked, and uh, things didn't look so good. Then they caught fire, and right now Aaron Judge is having a historic season – so everything looks good, but I still have questions about the pitching staff, at least in terms of uh, Garrett Cole winning a big start in October. Uh, I have questions about Aaron Boone and how he's going to handle the pitching staff, and I have questions about the shortstop position. So no team's perfect, uh, but those are three things that kind of bother me a little bit about the Yankees. And, Will, we're coming off today. One day ago, we watched Garrett Cole get rocked for three homers in the first inning. I've been very critical of him. At times, I just don't trust him in a big start in October either. Not yet. Yeah, it's strange because he's a really good pitcher. If you just look at the numbers, hey, he's really good. And mm -hmm. sometimes you come to New York with a big price tag. A-Rod went through this. Stanton went through this. There's a lot of scrutiny, a lot of pressure. Uh, Stanton stepped up. Eventually, A-Rod stepped up in 09. Cole, look, as good as he is, he just has too many of these little hiccups, too many of these blow-ups, and he gives up too many homers. Part yeah. of that's Yankee Stadium. It's a homer ballpark, but he just has too many of them. You can't give up three in the first inning to the no. Mariners like you did yesterday. We, we've seen him get rocked by the Red Sox. and uh, you know, Yeah, no, no question. So that's another thing I don't trust. I'm a little bit uneasy about the Yankees in October because of those three things we just talked about there. If they played Houston in a series, who would you pick, or does it depend who has home field? Yeah, it's funny. The uh, Astros looked like uh, they were going to gain steam and pass the Yankees. And uh, then they go to Oakland, of all places, and uh, get tripped up last week. If, if the Astros have home field, I've got to make the Astros fight favorites in the series. Yankees got to prove it, man. I'm, I don't know. Maybe you and I are just uh, a little bit skeptical because of uh, the recent history between those teams. I've got to see the Yankees do it uh, before I believe it, and I would make the Astros fight favorites. I actually think when the time comes, though, the Yankees will probably be, because the public money is going to be behind them, 
I think the Yankees will probably be slight favorites in that series. But I, I've got to see it to believe it uh, that the Yankees are going to knock out the Astros. Yeah, to me, I think it does come down to home field. I think I would pick whoever's home. Uh, we've seen the Yankees lose to the Astros 2017, 2019. Remember, Houston had home field in both those series. And in 2017, it held up. The home team won every mm-hmm. game. Right. 2019, Houston won a couple of walk-offs. And to be fair, I mean, look, it's, it's documented. 2017, Houston was cheating. 2019, they were cheating. I'd like to see them now without the buzzers, without the trash cans, with the Yankees, with home field. I think it would be a great series. To me, it comes down uh, to, uh, to home field here. You sound like Brian Cashman. You're going to put an asterisk next to that, 2017, 2019. You're going to say that the Yankees actually won those series? <laughs> Absolutely not. Because here's the thing. The Yankees didn't hit in Houston. So you know what? That, that's the other side of it. They didn't score any runs. And, he, and here's one thing that drives me nuts about Cashman. If you're going to you know, claim you won the world championship that year, that, hey, Houston was cheating, we're the rightful champions, well, wait a second. You fired your manager right after the season. So if you won a championship, if you're the rightful winner, why the hell did you let Joe Girardi go? I guess he didn't know at the time the Astros were cheating, right? Yeah, I guess, I guess. that that's a still a strange one. I know he did, you know, it didn't work out in Philly, but to me that's still a strange one that they let uh, they let Girardi go. Like uh, quickly here, I like yeah, Girardi. Just... I like Girardi. I think it was. Would you say it was uh, probably a difference of opinion in terms of uh, him not becoming enough of an analytics guy? Maybe the differences he had with the front office, where they said, "Hey, it's it's time to uh, cut the cord and try something new." Yeah, I think a lot of times some people's strengths and their weaknesses are the same thing where uh-huh. he's an intense guy, you know, he's hard on the players, hard on everybody, maybe hard to get along with. That's what made him a good manager, but I think that's also what made him sort of, you know, wear out, wear out his welcome, so to speak. Sure. Yeah. Uh, quickly here, the football. Do you think either the Giants or the Jets will be better? Let's put it this way. December 1st is either one in the mix here for at least a wild card spot. Yeah, in, in fact, I think the Giants are uh, because I the Cowboys, to me, are – um, fragile favorites in the NFC East. And I think the Cowboys could be headed for uh, a rude awakening that uh, Mike McCarthy's not the guy and that they got some major problems this season. I like the Eagles to win the NFC East. I think the Giants are a team on the rise. I love the Brian Dable hire. Uh, Giants got a lot of offensive talent. I actually think, you know, as a poor job as Dave Gettleman did in the draft and, uh, and some of his personnel decisions, the Giants roster is not that bad. And actually, I, I thought they had a really good draft this year with a smart head coach in there who might be able to do some things with Daniel Jones and help him cut down on turnovers. Giants do have the talent, especially offensively, I think, to uh, be a lot more competitive and maybe challenge in the NFC East. So I'm somewhat optimistic about the Giants. This time of year, it seems like everybody's optimistic about every team uh, in general in the NFL. It's all about optimism in August. But I do think uh, the Giants have legit reasons to be a lot more optimistic. As far as the Jets, you know, it's going to depend on Zach Wilson and whether he takes that next step. How mature is he going to be in his second year? How much better is he going to be? Uh, I wasn't crazy about what I saw from Robert Sala in his first year as coach, but I do think Joe Douglas is doing a lot of good things with that roster. I like some of the talent around Zach Wilson. He's obviously got an incredible amount of raw ability, and uh, he's got potential. I always hate to predict a team like the Jets to go over their season win total because you're going to sound like a buffoon more often than not when you're you're, you're picking teams like that to go over their win total. I'm not going to bet it. I do think they're, you know, if you wanted to make an argument today that the Jets are a team to bet over their win total, I'm not actually, I'm not going to argue against you because I think uh, both New York football teams are going to be better 
this year. I'm obviously a little bit higher on the Giants. Yeah, I could buy the over five and a half for the Jets at six. Mm-hmm. You know, to win, to get to seven, to me that's a tough one, especially in the AFC with how many good quarterbacks there are. Uh, I agree, though, it'll come down to Wilson. When you say you like the Giants, how are you betting it? Overseason wins, you know, yes to make the playoffs. Are you taking a flyer on the division? Uh, I know some people like Dable, coach of the year. What, how are you attacking uh, your uh, your feelings here on the Giants? Well, I haven't I haven't bet the Giants at all yet. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it, so I really can't answer that question. The, the first bet I made was on the Eagles to win the division and the Eagles over their win total when it was eight and a half. And uh, – I, I think I got the Eagles a plus 220 to win the division, something like that. So uh, th- those were bets I made early in the summer. I've, I've been an anti-Cowboys guy or a Cowboys critic because Mike McCarthy's not the guy. He's, he's not the answer. And uh, the Cowboys still have issues on their offensive line. Zeke Elliott's not the same running back. The Cowboys are in a little bit of denial in, in terms of uh, Zeke and what he can do in the Dallas offense. And uh, I – that's why I was trying to look for a team I thought could overtake the Cowboys because I felt like they were fragile favorites. I think the Eagles, was, I'm a little bit higher on Jalen Hurts than most, and I think he's got a lot of weapons surrounding him as well. I think the Eagles are the team most likely to overtake the Cowboys, and I feel like they can do it now. I think the Giants are probably about a year away, so I have not bet the Giants in any futures yet. All right, let's get right to it, the fast food. Can you explain to people how you started doing this and sort of what the criteria here for the top 50 fast food restaurants in America? Yeah, the story uh, is up on vcin.com if you want to check it out. It's free to read. And uh, obviously, we're doing this for entertainment purposes. But uh, in 2019, my buddy Doug Kazarian from ESPN kept telling me, you you know, you should write uh, a book on fast food restaurants. I was like, man, I don't have time to do that. Uh, So books are very time-consuming, Will. I don't know if you've ever written one. Not yet. uh, Huh? Not yet. Not yet, but if you ever get around to it, you're going to realize that it takes up so much of your time that it's difficult to handicap the games every day if you're trying to write a book. So I'm unlikely to ever write a book. I did put out in that 2019 a, uh, a fast food rankings on, on the show we did here on VSIN, and a lot of people were entertained by it. It created some debate. So in 2020, when I was doing the Follow the Money show with Mitch Moss and Paul Howard after the shutdown, in March, the COVID pandemic hit. We had no sports for two months. We're trying to do shows in here every day, and we have nothing to work with. We're trying to come up with content. So one week, we decided to do the fast food uh, top 50, and uh, the response to it was off the hook, man. It was crazy. Obviously, a lot of people were sitting around, bored at home, listening on the radio, watching on video when we did this, and we got an incredible amount of reaction to it. And, uh, you know, when you put out a list like this, you're going to have all sorts of people disagree. I agree with this one, but I I disagree with this. I can't believe you got that restaurant in the top five. It shouldn't even be in the top 30. Or uh, I can't believe you have this place in the top 10. It shouldn't be in the top 50, on and on. But that's fun, man. That's what it creates debates, creates uh, conversation, and uh, it's for entertainment, more or less. I think it's relevant, Will, to what we do you have a wife. Michael Lombardi has a wife. You guys have somebody at home that cooks for you. A lot of us guys bounce around from sports book to sports book, and uh, we're watching games. We're on the go, stopping at fast food joints three or four times a day. That's why I'm putting out kind of a playbook here for fast food restaurants. Here's where you should go. Here's where you should not go uh, when you're betting football games here in the fall, driving around town, Las Vegas, wherever you may be. And uh, I, I do think 
fast food is a big part of a lot of sports bettors' lifestyle. Uh, if, if very few guys I know who bet sports all the time are with their wife and kids at home. A lot of times it's single guys who uh, you got to find ways to uh, to eat three or four times a day. And uh, for me, it's fast food basically every time. Yeah, you said something I thought was interesting. You said the two months during the shutdown. We actually went counting in my head here. It shut down the middle of March. We didn't have the Nationals and the Yankees come back until that last week of July. It was almost four months, which I don't even know how we survived that four months. It's hard to believe. Uh, boy, and the fact that that was two years ago seems like it was yesterday, and it seems like it was a decade ago. It's just uh, time has never felt the same since. But in terms of the list here, is it just food quality? Does price factor in the service factor in because one of my one of yours and i haven't been to all of them i've never even heard of all of them on your list but one of my really like on your list is shake shack i think they were fifth and to me that's a great food look i love i don't like shake shack i love shake shack but to me for the price it's almost like you know you're you're, you're better off just getting to go from a steakhouse because uh that's not cheap it's not fast food prices so that would be my question here does price factor in no the price point's not really a factor actually okay. Prices are up at almost all fast food joints. I, I, somebody was trying to tell me the other day, oh, no, no, Taco Bell is cheap. I said, well, if you think that, you haven't been to Taco Bell recently because I went there a couple weeks ago and got the uh, number two, like the two tacos, and it came with a burrito and a drink, and it came out to like $11. Are you kidding me? You used to be able to go to Taco Bell and get that stuff for $5 or $6. Prices are up all over the board. I go to Shake Shack. Yeah, it's a little bit more expensive than the others. But prices are up across the board at these fast food joints, man. I think um, a lot of people don't realize that. They'll walk into one place like Shake Shack and say, holy, I can't believe it's $20. Well, I'll tell you what, you're going to pay 15 at most places you go or, or even more. You're definitely paying over 10 Just The days of going to fast food places and paying 6 or 7 bucks uh, for a combo meal are pretty much history. Uh, so I, I didn't factor price into it too much. It, it's about I've got I did power ratings on this, and similar to how I do my college football and college basketball power ratings for teams, I got five categories. Each category worth ten points. Obviously, I have no statistical analysis involved in these power ratings. It's uh, it's based on my opinion, obviously. But uh, five categories, ten points. We're talking about uh, food quality, menu variety. Uh, availability in terms of, uh, you know, how widely available is this franchise as of 24 hours. Um, anyway, I got five, five total categories. The points come out. Uh, the, the point totals come out. I also have an intangibles category that I, I can adjust things um, a little bit in terms of uh, adjusting the rankings. So if I don't like the way they turn out, I, I can mess with them a little bit. Uh, I gave, for example, in the intangibles category, I gave Chick-fil-A an extra point for sponsoring a college football bowl game. Uh, but that's just one point. Uh, anyway, I've, I, I laid the whole thing out there in a column at vcin.com, how I rated the franchises. Some you're going to agree with, some you're going to disagree with. Shake Shack was in the running, Will, to be number one. I did not know a month or two ago which franchise was going to be number one. I've been hitting these spots on a regular basis. I had a couple of experiences in Shake Shack that weren't that great. And uh, that's why it didn't land number one, and it ends up at number five. Shake Shack's got the potential uh, to end up uh, in that top spot someday, but, uh, but it's not there yet. And um, 
It's very competitive. It's, it's kind of like the NCAA tournament selection Sunday when you announce the top four seeds. Those top five in that list are rock solid. That's a, that's a great top five, and there's not much that separates number one through five on my list. And Portillo's, a Chicago street food joint, is uh, number one. Number two is Freddy's Freddy Steak Burgers out of Wichita, Kansas, which is uh, now very popular all over the country and on the West Coast. I don't know about the East Coast if it's really hit out there nope. uh, too much. So I, I have a little bit of maybe a West Coast or Midwest regional bias on these rankings. Number three is uh, Chick-fil-A. Number four is Culver's. Have you ever been to Culver's? No. Is that East Coast? Culver's is Midwest. Okay. And uh, sort of West Coast, but mostly a Midwest spot. And uh, number five, believe it or not, uh, I wrote about this. Culver's needs to be in Vegas. The closest locations are St. George, Utah and Bullhead City, Arizona. None in Vegas, but I've been there many times. It's an awesome spot. Great menu variety. The food's awesome. Uh, Culver's solid top five. And Shake Shack coming in at number five is not a bad ranking. well, Shake Shack was not even in Vegas until a few years ago and had only one location out there. A lot of people out uh, on the West Coast didn't know anything about Shake Shack really wow. until two or three years ago. I know that's hard for you to understand probably in New York because Shake Shack's so popular on the East Coast, but it really did not start to uh, make progress out here in Vegas on the West Coast until about two or three years ago. A uh, couple quick ones before we get you out of here. What were your yeah. experiences with Shake Shack? Like, what was you know? You said you had a bad couple visits. Was it the food? Was it you know modifications? Can you be more specific in terms of that? Uh, yeah, I can actually. Uh, the last couple visits, one was it took them about 25 minutes to get the food out to me, which was unacceptable because the place wasn't that busy. So service and, uh, is part other... of it. Oh yeah, service is part of it. Service okay. efficiency. I think I mentioned that as. Uh, yeah. One of the five categories in the power ranks, service is part. Like Chick-fil-A is outstanding in, term, in terms of service Machine. and efficiency. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, the, other, the other two times, actually twice, I was at uh, Shake Shack recently, and the fries were bad. They were undercooked, uh, you know, kind of like the cold white fries. And actually, I like the crinkle cup fries at Shake Shack, if it, which basically has told me, and I've told people, when you go to these places, you almost have to order the fries well done. Yeah. Because if you don't, it's Russian roulette. You don't know what you're going to get. You might get fries that come out soggy and white, and they're no good. If you go to McDonald's and you get those type of fries, you just might as well throw them out the window because they're worthless. You can't eat them. But if you get the fries that are well done, it's t- it's hard to beat. And I think Shake Shack, when they're well done, has great fries. But a couple times I was there, and they did not have them uh, that way. Last so, one. What, what was the most controversial one? You know, there were a lot of controversial ones. Uh, you know, when this gets people fired up, I had people say, I can't believe you didn't have Wendy's in the top 10. That's crazy. And other people said, Wendy's at number 12 is way overrated. That's not even the top 20, top 30. I got to tell you, it's kind of hard to answer that question because almost every franchise in the top 20 or top 25 has uh, had people... I've had reactions from people on both sides of it. Uh, so a lot of them are controversial. That's the bottom line. When you get to this, everybody's got different tastes, uh, unique opinions. And uh, I think that's what gets people so fired up about these fast food rankings. Like I said, I, I've been a fast food lifer. I started out when I was about three years old eating at a place called Burger Chef in Indianapolis. And ever since then, I've loved fast food and I've never stopped. 
And some people just jump into the fast food arena here in recent years. They might eat there a couple times a week, and they think they're experts. Hey, I've got 40-plus years of being an expert in this field. Matt, you're the best. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Uh, let everyone know where they can find you. Vsend.com. Vsend.com. That's where they can find Will Hill, his podcast, and uh, doing a great job, by the way, on the New York City cast. Uh, but if you go to our website, you're going to find a ton of great content. You can find show replays, everything you want. Uh, if you want to read, you want to watch, you want to listen, the vcin.com website's much improved, and it's got all sorts of content up there. As we head into football season, Will, I've got stuff up there in the NFL preseason, college football. It's, uh, it's a very valuable tool if you're a sports better who wants to uh, uh, find ways to get a little bit sharper. Matt, appreciate it. We'll catch up here down the road. Thanks for coming on. Hey, you bet, buddy. Thanks a lot, man. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good weekend. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. We've done a good job here with the review, so keep them coming. Apple, leave a rating, a review. Spotify, you can just leave a five-star review. It would be greatly appreciated. Uh, have a good weekend. We'll see you Monday. Uh, hopefully, by the time we talk on Monday, Mets have a nice little lead, a nice little cushion. Uh, enjoy your weekend. This is the New York CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.